The Chef Nas Podcast begins now. Welcome to the Shep Naz Podcast. Throughout the month of January, we are continuing in a series of the 21 most effective prayers in the Bible, and we're using as a resource a book by Dr. Dave Early. Each day, we're going to be doing a devotional that coincides with the chapter of that day, and here's today's devotional. Welcome in, everyone. It's great to be with you all. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, one of the prayers that we uh, looked at previously in the 21 Days of Prayer uh, Challenge in the book. And so today we're going to be looking at the prayer of Isaiah, and it's a good one. Uh, but to get started here, I wanted to read from Isaiah chapter 6. And this is where we see the encounter that Isaiah has with the Lord and where he prays. And so uh, if you want to follow along, listen along, that'd be great here in Isaiah chapter 6, verse Verse 1 is where we're starting. This is what it says. It was in the year of King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. This is a a pretty powerful passage just when you listen to it and really focus and try to picture what's taking place. I mean, what stands out to me uh, very immediately is uh, the emphasis of God's holiness when these uh, creatures, these seraphim, are, are crying out and uh, I mean, they're literally crying out, holy, holy, holy. And then we see these uh, just odd things take place where uh, there's uh, smoke filling the place and the the train of the Lord's robe filling the temple. And so we're confronted right away in this passage with the holiness, the majesty, the power, the glory of God in, in a really strange but powerful way just to kind of uh, really emphasize that and see uh, goodness. Uh, this the Lord and God that we serve is is powerful and holy and and uh, His majesty and glorious and so all that to follow up then with this encounter this pretty cool thing that happens with Isaiah the Lord he overhears the Lord saying and asking whom should I send as a messenger to this people who will go for us and that's so cool because of what's taking place. On one hand, we see the glory and the power and the majesty, the holiness of God, but then also this invitation by that same God to his people to be involved in in what God is doing and wants to do. And so it's just a really cool uh, thing that's taking place, uh, this invitation to be involved. And that's what God is, is wanting from us. God is wanting us to join in the work that he's doing. And when I say us, let's be a little more uh, specific and personal. God wants you to join in the work that he is doing and wants to do and will do. 
so this invitation, this whom should I send, this invitation to, to who, who will go for uh, the Lord is not exclusive invitation. It's not this exclusive calling that's exclusive to Isaiah. It's not exclusive to pastors. Uh, let me say that one again. It's not exclusive to pastors. It's not exclusive to uh, a certain type of person or a group of people. This invitation is not exclusive to um, any specific skill setting or gifting. Sometimes we can do that. And when we think that, when we hear that the the words that God wants us to be involved and has a, a calling upon each of our lives, we often think, well, I don't have a certain set of giftings or skills, this or that. Uh, but it's not, this calling and invitation is not exclusive to any one thing. Uh, the invitations for all of us to be a follower of Jesus is to be God's co-worker. Let me say that again. To be a follower of Jesus is to be God's co-worker. I like the words that we hear from Jesus in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Uh, this is what it says. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in, in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, his followers, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. We are God's co-workers as followers of Jesus. And I want to ask you as you're listening or watching or wherever you are today, what does this look like in your life? The calling of, of God upon your life to be involved, to work with him, alongside of him in the world. What does this look like in your life? In what ways are you joining in the work? And let me press in maybe a little bit uh, even further. What does the field look like that you are working in? The situations, the people, the, the circumstances that are already uh, surrounding you, that you are already involved in. And let me keep pressing in a little further. What could those be? Maybe you're thinking and, and trying to look at your life, examining what does that look like? What maybe possibilities or could there be? And I'll press even further uh, past that. Not just what could they be, but what should they be? Uh, God's calling upon our lives is, uh, is there for us and it's for all of us. Faith Promise is a Sunday we set aside every year to focus on supporting missions. This year, Faith Promise is Sunday, February 4th, during our regular Sunday worship times. That's 9 and 1045 a.m. at Gahanna and online, and 1045 in Johnstown. We will hear from missionaries Ben and Catherine Radcliffe in Papua New Guinea, and Milton Gay live from Guatemala. When I hear Jesus' words, when he says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few, uh, that should all uh, catch us all by, um, it, we should all take notice of that and, and perk up a little bit and say, why are the workers few? Um, I've often wondered that. And if the harvest is great, if there's a work that's uh, to be done and good things to come from that, why is it that the workers are so few? I like a quote from William Booth. I've quoted this oftentimes in previous sermons and different things, but it's just a very powerful quote. William Booth, who was, you may know that name, he was the founder of Salvation Army. But this is what he says about this calling that we have and 
maybe why the workers are so few. This is what he says. He says, not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, to the agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go and stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. And then look Christ in the face, whose mercy that you have professed to obey, and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstance in the march to publish his mercy to the world. So maybe why are the workers so few? Maybe what needs to happen is we could all become better listeners, better listeners to the, the still small voice of the Spirit speaking to us. I think of what, maybe another reason why the workers are so few is because as people, uh, and I know this is probably generalizing, but um, I think we like to compartmentalize our lives. Uh, I'm a fan of HGTV uh, home renovation shows. I don't know if anybody listening uh, is like me, but I really like those shows, those demo, demolition shows where they go in and to an old house and fix it up. And uh, what many of them are all about is going into these houses and what's the first thing they do with demolition. But even more specific than that, what are they uh, uh, demoing? They are knocking out walls and, and making everything open concept, right? That's the, the big thing. Every, every uh, thing needs to be open and air, uh, spacious. And so uh, in previous generations and things, there was a, a lot of value in specific rooms for specific purposes. So there's they had a, a kitchen that was just a kitchen and a, a, a dining room that was just for eating and a family or living room. And, and everything was very specific, compartmentalized, you might say, for those specific reasons and purposes. But the trend as they've gone is uh, moved away from that to where everything's open. And it's funny enough that I just saw one of those uh, HDTV show personalities say that it's starting to come back the specific rooms. And so uh, this just speaks to the trends and how they come and go. But while those interior designs trend trends come and go, the call upon our life is one that doesn't that we would not live lives that are compartmentalized uh, to God um, in, in specific ways. Right. And we don't just have a work room. We don't just have a family room. We don't just have a God room that we, uh, sometimes go into on Sundays for one hour, right? We are to live lives of open concepts, making ourselves available to God in every way, in every area of our life. This is the prayer that Isaiah prays. Here I am, send me. This prayer that he prays is not a compartmentalizing in any way. What he's doing instead of compartmentalizing is he's consecrating. Consecrating, I know, is a, a, a churchy word, right? But it's just a way of saying he's making himself, he's giving his life to the Lord in whatever way. God wants us to live lives that are, are that way, consecrated to him, continual availability offered to him, complete and total surrender, dedicating and devoting our lives to the will of God, whatever that looks like and whatever he wants to do in us and through us to be used by God for God's holy purposes in the world. This is what Isaiah prayed when he has this encounter with God. Uh, and God, he, this call upon 
that he's not even giving specifically. He just overhears the Lord saying, whom should I send as a messenger? Who will go for us? Isaiah prays this prayer of consecration and surrender. Here I am. Send me. This is a prayer that we can, and I believe that we should pray every single day of our lives as we walk with the Lord. So with that, I'd just like to invite you wherever you are to pray with me, and uh, we can pray this prayer of Isaiah today. Heavenly Father, we come to you in this moment, uh, not desiring to um, live lives that are compartmentalized, where we maybe have specific rooms or boxes and of our life that are kept from you, but that we would have a total and complete openness to you in every area of our life to be used by you to go wherever you send us. God, we want to consecrate ourselves, give ourselves, our lives to you in a, in a, a total devotion, surrender, because God, we don't, uh, we know that there's, there's good things happening, that you are at work in the world, that we see Jesus' own words say that the harvest is great, but the workers are few, God. So help us to see our part. Lead us into uh, the situations, the circumstances that I believe that you have already put in our midst that are all around us, that maybe if we just listen a little bit better or open ourselves up to, to be used by you in, in ways that uh, you want to do, God, that you would just fulfill your promise and, and be with to be with us and go wherever we go, go wherever you send us. And God, we love you. I thank you for each person that's been um, listening today, that's been praying the prayers of this 21 days of prayer in the, the previous weeks, God, and continue that as this kind of concludes, may we continue to be people of prayer and people of, of desiring your will and your way in our, in our hearts, but also in the world. We pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We love you. We pray all these things today in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen. If you want to keep up with everything that's going on at the church, we encourage you to go to shepnaz.org. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm Joe. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.